Welcome to the Transformation Cafe with your host, Robin Misevich. Transformation Cafe, a weekly half hour of light, topical conversation about health, wellness, happiness, personal growth, spirituality, and other insights. We're glad you're here. Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul. Now, let's get started and introduce our diners for tonight's show. Well, hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Transformation Cafe. I'm your host, Robin Masevich, and we are in the Cafe Book Club. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be such a fascinating and I think just really eye-opening uh, conversation for uh, hopefully everybody who's who's choosing to, to come and check it, check us out and, you know, come and sit with all the rest of our diners here at the Transformation Cafe. As always, always I have my wonderful co-host, Miss Amy. How are you tonight? Great. I have a couple things. I, I, I think I figured out the game. It's yachting. Oh my God. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Uno. Uno. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't think there's any help for this child. She's done dice and she's done cards. It must be a game board tonight. <laughs> Well, I think it is. Kind well, of like, you know, know, right? Yeah, I was expecting some slot machines in the background or something. You know. <laughs> Ooh, I could do that. Get Let it, me go. I, I know. It. You could do that. Yeah, I know. We, we could have had you uh, live somewhere at a casino. That would have been interesting. It's talking about the game of life here. So we're in it's part four from Las of Vegas. <laughs> Live from Las Vegas. Las Vegas Ooh. and uh, California. Yeah, we, that's what thing's so cool about. Gosh, you know, think of, gosh, even 10 years ago, the level of technology that we have nowadays, and we all just like phone in here we're in a, a queue and being able to just share with all this stuff. It's just such a wonderful, just one of the wonderful things of life right now, I think is just so great being able to all be together and, you know, comfortable in our jammies at the same time. That's just so awful. <laughs> Mm. But, but I, I, I digress. Like, my bedtime, I'm definitely in my jammies. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, all of our all of our uh, other uh, regular diners are getting comfortable, comfortable and cozy too at the same time. So we encourage that as well. Right. So I know we have a lot of a lot of listeners that actually like to power walk and things like that while they're listening to the show. So we want to give a hoo hoo shout out for all you guys. Uh, right. be walking and, uh, taking it in at the same time too, which is a wonderful way of being able to take in the, the message and the energy. So to tonight, we're talking about how prayers pray us. And it's the seven steps of prayer with the, the game of life with our author, Miss Kay Gilly. And boy, I really just would love for you to jump in with all this. So I, I just love this idea that prayers pray us. So uh, right off the bat, what would you like to share about that, Miss Kay? Well, I would like to introduce the whole concept of prayer as communion. And Mm. I think, which is a two-way communication from our hearts to all that is. So God, universe, whatever. But I think too often in our culture, at least, we've thought about prayer as words that come out of our mouth directed from our brain to whatever it is that we imagine. And over many years of working with clients to learn how to allow their prayers to pray them, there's some amazing things that happen, and they're so consistent that I can't think it's by accident that these are happening. But I really encourage them to think 
Okay, if this is two-way, why don't you let the other side initiate? Listen to what mm-hmm. the other side says you need to be praying about. And when that happens, there's a real change in both the pace and the tenor. So it gets softer. Um, you can almost feel the energy emanating from the person. Um but the pace is much slower. So where if we're doing this brain to mouth kind of prayer, it might go about the pace that we're talking. And when people allow their prayers to pray them, they might go a minute or two between words. And the other thing that's interesting is probably two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of what they pray is gratitude. And I haven't tipped my hand on any of them. I'm just saying, listen to what you hear and pray it. And for many years, I worked in the woods on a lake. That's where my house was located. And so many times they would say, oh, thank you for the fresh air. Thank you for the birds. Thank you for the crickets, whatever. Um, But it was about all of a sudden they were accepting that they were in nature and accepting those things as a gift from nature. And so maybe a prayer might go on for half an hour, 45 minutes, but at a very slow pace and very much less about the, I need this, I want this, tell me this. You know, it's not the give me thing, but it's just really allowing yourself to drop deeply into that gratitude. You know, when you say that, it makes me think of, you know, should we should be praying with, with, with you know, unceasing, you know, and coming from that place of continually living and, a prayer. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Living a prayer. Yeah. 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 You know, I've been really looking at uh, poetry lately since we did our, our shows on the power of poetry with David White. And um, if you're not familiar with David White, um, it's, he's wonderful too. I think we're going to be doing a show about him in the future. But he talks about how poetry is like life is poetry in everything that we look at and that we do. And it's so much like the, the poetic way of like you think of the Psalms with prayer and the Psalms mm-hmm. of being, you know, having these wonderful ways of being able to express things that way. I think it just, it gives us back to, you know, looking at all the different ways that we can dance with life and how we're being able to, giving all these ways to be encouraged to be expressing. I think it's just so, you know, just so inviting, so wonderful, you know, when you said, you know, gratitude in, in just looking at everything from just being at that, that blessing that's, that's praying us as, you know, we're, we're praying for it. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. So we have seven steps that we have with living a prayer with chapter seven. And I'd love for us to just, you know, like you're saying, you know, when it comes to having our prayer really being something that's speaking to us. And I love the idea of like, what do I need to know? You know, what do I need when it comes to um, being able to, you know, what would you have me do? What would you have me know? And then listening to see what, you know, our prayer wants us to know. I just love that. I think that's great. So I'd love for you to go through these however you, you know, you want to be sharing with them, okay? Well, I'd love for you guys to jump in. But as we've been learning through the whole book, Helen's been encouraging 
Lizzie to open her heart and go first to her heart and feel the oneness. And that's when we're in integrity. And mm-hmm. that that word integrity meaning it's it comes from the same Greek root as integer, which is a whole number. And it's our integrity is when we are being whole with all that is. So that um there's this overlay of when we're consciously in prayer of doing that. But then this living a prayer is it's how do we move through life in a way always connected in our integrity through our heart. So we're going into the world with an open heart and allowing that kind of communion that we've just been talking about to guide us. So that's our step one is being in integrity. Are there going to be any checkpoints for ourselves when it comes to just like, you know, am I in my integrity? I mean, how will we know sometimes when it comes to integrity? Well, I think you, you have spoken of it before, but I think when we really focus on our hearts, for me, there's almost a, a fluttering, a, a feeling of warmth and fullness in our hearts. But that's not a place that I can go, at least, without being conscious of it. So if we think back about this whole process, about how do we be present in the world, that focus Mm. on the heart really forces us to be present. Mm -hmm. And I think if you practice it, you, you begin to know when you are and when you aren't. Right. And so, you know, and so I think it's each person has to figure that out for themselves. But the only way you know is by practicing it. And I think, you know, yeah. part of that, too, is is doing your check-ins for yourself. Like, how do I feel right now? How am I feeling about that? And if it feels good, like, you know, I think we, we shared that before in another episode. If it feels good, I know I'm going in the right direction. If it doesn't feel good, uh, you know. My, you know, my being, my, my sense of my soul is really giving me some, something to really ponder about, you know, why does this not feel good? Right. Mm hmm. And then, you know, along with following that, I mean, something that's just been such an underlining powerful message from, from the whole book, it's been talking about asking, you know, ask to be in alignment with my intentions. And, and the intentions are basically our, our um, purpose for the soul. So I'd love for you to elaborate on that one. Yeah, so we're always wanting to go back to this contract or covenant that we entered in before we were born about what our goals of our soul would be for this lifetime. And that's going to be the spiritual lessons that we wanted to learn. It's going to be the the service work that we won't know ourselves what it is. Mm-hmm. But the universe will know where we're needed at that moment. And then the development of our gifts and talents. So once we focus in step one on being in integrity, then to ask to be aligned with my intentions, the goals of my soul, and then ask a simple, open-ended question. So allow the the universe to be available to us in its fullness as opposed to trying to limit it and 
if we go back to thinking about our prayers praying us, as opposed to this brain-to-mouth kind of prayer, if if we're saying, okay, what do you need from me right now? Mm. That allows the universe a lot of options. If we say to the universe, uh, I'm planning a vacation and I can't figure out whether I want to go to Houston or Minneapolis, that really limits our, <laughs> our options. And maybe there's something we're supposed to learn somewhere else. The, well, I think the, the, the part that's important here was that, that Lizzie was told by Helen that a player will always be given the next step. And allowing yourself to know that so you can ask and then get out of the way. Absolutely. Well, I think part of it, too, is, you know, I can relax in this moment knowing that it's going to going to show itself to me. Mm-hmm. It's not the pushing. It's about being able to be in a place of being spacious so it can it can come to me. And and the coming to you is that listening intently. And we, we talked a lot in the last two chapters, five and six last week, about the answers don't come with a full fully developed strategic plan telling you where they're going to end up. (laughs) They may not even come at that moment, or they may come before we even finish asking the question. So our job is to just be aware, to be listening, um, that, you know, I think most of us, or at least for me, the, the clairvoyant, so the person who can see an answer, but the answers also come as clear audio, which is we hear an answer, and uh, clairsentient, which is when we feel an answer, and it can come in any of those forms, and, and as I said, it may come piecemeal over several days, it may come in our dreams, our dreams are often ways that we get guidance. So it's like, okay, I've put this question out here, and I'm willing to accept your answer. And And I think the really important point that listening is not just your ears, but with all your senses. Right. Yes. And I know for me, you know, it could be sitting down and writing. It could be sitting down and drawing something. It could be taking a walk. I mean, sometimes it isn't a matter of sitting. It's a matter of you know, putting myself in a place where I can, I can listen or I can be open to having something that's wanting to, you know, express. And what does that look like? I don't know until I'm in the, maybe in the process of doing something. It could be cooking or something. You know what I mean? I mean, how many people talk about they, they get these, you know, epiphanies in the shower. <laughs> You've got the flow of the water and all that. And people are like, oh, I had so many great ideas. I used to run seven miles a night, and Mm. I would get home from my fairly stressful job, and literally before I'd do anything else, I'd jump into my running clothes and shoes and go out for a seven-mile run. And almost always somewhere in the middle of that run, when I get into that runner's high place, there'd just be this flow that would come to me that... I, I couldn't have even imagined an hour earlier that it was going to come. And I just get these great insights mm-hmm. on what I should be doing. 
So yes, it comes in many different forms, and I, and I can't overemphasize that it will often come piecemeal. That we mm. won't know where the endpoint is. We just have to take a step. And um, about I'm trying to think, maybe two years before I wrote this book, maybe three, I was guided to go on a pilgrimage to Greece or it wasn't particularly Greece initially, it was just somewhere that English wasn't spoken. Mm-hmm. And um, I was supposed to take very little money and allow myself to be guided. So I ended up spending a month in Greece, um, probably spending less money than most people who go to Greece on holiday do in three or four days in a whole month. Mm-hmm. And literally... Every step along the way is, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? And people just came out of the woodwork. The signs were everywhere. I remember it was like Patmos is where I was supposed to go. It's an island, so I take this boat to Patmos, and I know nothing about it. Get in at 3 o'clock in the morning and found a guest house to stay in. And the woman who speaks almost no English showing me my room and then comes out and points to this map and pounds it with her finger very definitively and says, you go here. And it ends up being the cave where St. John received the book of Revelation. Oh, wow. And I had no idea that's where Patmos or what Patton most was known for, I probably, if she hadn't have said that, I would have been wandering around. <laughs> but it was like, um, and then the next day I'm going up there, and, you know, the Greek Orthodox priests wear these high black hats and long robes, and and I'm wandering up that way, and this priest literally stops me and says, no, don't go there now go early in the morning. There's too many people Mm. now. And so it's like that kind of listening is like, okay, I just turned around and went somewhere else. (laughs) Um, But, you know, this was a miraculous four weeks that I spent literally living a prayer. Mm. I have a dear friend that um, she's been out without a car for probably six weeks. And um, her and I have been having conversations about, you know, being able to give it over to God, have it, you know, be something where she knows she's praying about it. And she's walking around her house saying how she, you know, is appreciating. She's got all these neighbors and all these people that are literally just saying, I have a car and I'm going to be on vacation. You can use my car or I'm going to be at work and here's the keys to my car so you can drive me to work and then you can use my car. So she's just had all this generous uh, energy coming, you know, to her. And it was funny because she wanted up having another, uh, you know, person coming back and getting their car, their car. And she just kind of said, okay, I know, I know that this is gonna, I, I'm going to be provided for. But, you know, she was funny because she says, it, but I want to be able to go to the beach and I want to be able to ride my bike and I want to be able to, <laughs> to do all this stuff because she's been feeling like the only time she can use the car is when she's actually got an errand or something she has to do instead of have it be, she wants to just be able to go someplace. You know, like she used to be able to with her car. And she, the, her last uh, friend that loaned her the car, she just said, you know, you know, and take it to the beach and take your bike. 
It was exactly what she'd been asking for. And this person was selling her and she just started laughing when she said it because she just said, that's exactly what I've been asking for is like, I want to be able to go to the beach and take my bike. And she's like, please, you know, why don't you take your bike to the beach and enjoy that? I know, I know that's something you haven't been able to do. It was so funny. Every thought is a prayer. (laughs) Every thought is a prayer. Yeah. And she's like, literally, she's just walking, walking around her house, speaking out loud about what, you know, if she had a car, what would she do? You know? And then her friend just said, please do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, she was sharing that with me. We just started laughing at just how wonderful that is. And she's excited to see what's sure. the next thing. What's the next thing, you know? And I, I want to make sure that we, since we have this wonderful time with Kay, have her finish the steps four through seven for us before we're, we're out of time. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so <Okay>. number <laughs> number four is exploring eagerly. How would I explore eagerly? Well, what that is about is to just be willing to move out when you don't know where it's going. Mm. So it's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know where it's going to end up, but I'm willing. I've been given this guidance to step out. And actually, three, four, and five go closely together because number five is following fearlessly. We talked earlier about faithing. Uh, so when we don't know why or how, the, the steps may even seem illogical to us, uh-huh. that we're willing to, to follow those steps anyway. And I probably, Amy, you may remember this. I'm trying to think when, the, when it was sometime in the late 90s that I used to walk around this lake that was near where I lived at the time. And a lot of times I would sit at sunset and just do my little prayer thing there. And one evening it was like, look up, and I was looking up, and it was like, go build a house there. Uh-huh. Well, I've ne- you know, some people always have this drive to build their own house. I've been a remodel old houses kind of person. And so I was like, I never had a desire. The neighborhood was probably a little pricier than I would have been spending one. And the houses were bigger than I needed for one person. But I literally for several months designed a house and and went through that process of putting my money down on the lot meeting with the contractor, doing all that, even though it just seemed to me like it was totally illogical. And I'm going to save the rest of that story for number seven because it fits better there. But number six is risking greatness. And there's two parts here. There's the risk part, and it's like, You know, I couldn't afford the house I was designing. That was a risk for me to take my money and put it down on that house. Mm -hmm. And and the other side is to be the greatness part. And it's like anybody who has ever been great in humankind has almost always been out of step with others in their era. Um, If we look at somebody like Monet, they made fun of his painting they said he wasn't a good painter because he couldn't the impressionist paintings weren't clear enough to demonstrate that and if you look at you know 
uh, athletes, oftentimes they've had a funny thing that they did at the bat or with their racket or whatever that made them great. But that was, you know, that was their own individuality. And then the last is savoring the gift. And that means that whatever is happening, it's, it's always going to be a gift to us. And, and that's why we should spend so much time in gratitude. And here's the rest of the story about the house, which was I had gone through this process and I had been traveling a lot in my work and I came back and I went into the real estate sales office and, and said something about, you know, I was ready to start construction. This guy looked at me blankly and and we talked a little bit and the man that I'd been dealing with had had left the company and somehow my deposit on that lot had had gone missing. It wasn't in their records. And eventually wow. I was able to get my thousand dollars back, but somebody else had bought the lot in the meantime and they'd started construction. Hmm. Well, if you weren't savoring the gift, you'd think, well, I just spent months and, and wasted all this energy doing that. But I didn't do that. And it was just like, okay, what would you have me do now? Well, it was coming up on one of my four-day silent retreats. And I ended my retreat by running around this lake. And there was a for sale sign for a house that was down. This was on a hill and down by the lake. and they had written, you know, how they sometimes realtors say price reduced. Mm-hmm. Well, I literally got this message. This is my house. And I went home and I called the realtor and she wasn't able to meet with me for several days. And so when I finally went through the house, I knew 10 feet in the front door. It was the house I had been designing, but it was already oh, wow. built. Wow. So that hmm. part of me that didn't want to build a house, I didn't have to. But <laughs> I, and I literally told her before I'd seen the whole house, I said, this is my house, I'm going to buy it. And she just looked at me with her mouth open. And she said, they just dropped the price $30,000 yesterday. Wow. Wow. So without the delay, I would have paid more. Without that whole process, I might not have gotten exactly my house. But it was like mm-hmm. it was move-in condition, and and I didn't have to go through all of the work that I didn't really want to do. So it's like no matter what's happening, if you just say there's a gift here, I don't know what it is now, but I know it will reveal itself, then we can be in that communion with the divine. Mm. That's a great story. And, and now tying it all together, um, uh, you gave us this lovely cheat sheet, and, uh, that very last <laughs> paragraph. Would you be willing to read that to us? I think this is a great end to the whole thing. Sure. That living a prayer takes us to where we are most afraid. So we're pushing our lives to the edge of sheer terror and unabated joy. Think of my house story. I was in both of those. As we break our karmic patterns and choose what our soul intended. There are no rules, 
no models to emulate, to just be fully awake, aware, and alive. Amen. Mm. Okay, I want to thank you so much for this journey that we've been on with your book. Oh, my gosh. You know, with the with the game called Life. And, boy, it's just, uh, it seems pretty simple. <laughs> you really just, you know, oh, be it, be it. <laughs> <laughs> you play the game right, right? You get to say, bingo! Well, if you got your dice and cards like Amy does, you know, she's 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 moving along the board very nicely. Yeah, she's ready. <laughs> I'm winning. So we would just love to, love to thank uh, Kay for just joining us for this great, like I said, this great journey in the, the last four episodes. And I uh, really just want to thank our all of our listeners and, you know, really want you to leave uh, questions, comments, anything for Kay. Uh, Amy and I um, on just any of these things. Let us know how you're liking the shows and uh, give us some updates on these. You know, if, if prayer praise me, you know, how is that, how is that changing me? How is that showing me um, the way that I can walk through life in just a, a, just a joyous way? And I think that that's something that's a great invitation that we can uh, just, just smile and amusement when we see all these things unfolding in front of us. I think that's really what we're talking about here with having it be such a joyous game. I think so. Thank you, Kay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, ladies. It's a joy to be with you. Love you, and both. you guys. Yeah, I just want. Yeah, love you too, and just want to thank all of our listeners all over the world for joining us on a regular basis. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time here at the cafe. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Transformation Cafe podcast. To learn more, visit transformation-cafe.com for show notes, guest information, and links to previous shows. You can also subscribe to the Transformation Cafe podcast on iTunes. Join us again next time at the Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul.